Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson and I am back from New York, joined once again by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Guys, thank you so much for holding it down last week while I was literally stranded in LaGuardia. <laughs> Look, you, you know we had to hold it down for you. We had to hold it down for you make sure that everything was taken care of. The show's just not as exciting whenever you're not here, Meg, but I'm glad you're back. It's true. Thanks, guys. I was crying Barely made it through. hours on end, uh, just being like, am I, am I going to get home? My dad literally was in his car driving up to LaGuardia because I thought my flight on Tuesday was also going to be canceled. So he was wow. driving up from Philly to New York. He was like, I don't care if it gets, if you take off, I will turn around and go home, but I am not letting you sleep on a floor at the airport. Uh, so yeah, but I made it. Eve, welcome back from Puerto Rico. Yeah, first of all, shout out to all the good dads out there. You know, he said, look, I'm taking care of my baby girl no matter what. I love that. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Puerto Rico was amazing. It was vacation, just me and the wife. Dropped off the kids at the in-laws place. And, yo, there is nothing like going on vacation and not having an agenda. Like, every day we slept in and then just woke up and kind of just let the day take us wherever the day took us. You know, we're out there in San Juan, Puerto Rico, spending a lot of time at the pool, going to the beach. There was one night we went to La Placenta, which is an area and district where there's just a bunch of people dancing in the streets and music playing. Yo, Don and I, my wife, we danced for two hours straight, like nonstop, just on the streets and then slept in the following day. Like best vacation I've ever been on, best resort I've ever stayed at. So, yeah, if y'all are ever going to San Juan, Puerto Rico, let your boy know. I, I'll, get, I'll uh, give you the name of the resort we stayed at. So, Eve, I have to ask, you are a dad, so you have a, a baby at home. What is sleeping in for a dad? What, is, what, what does sleeping in mean on this vacation? Yeah, well, even before my baby was born, I, I'm a 5.30 wake-up guy. So I've always, you know, kind of been five, five, somewhere between 5 and 5.30, I wake up naturally. So sleeping in for me was like 7 or 8. There was one day that I woke up at like 8.13, and can't remember the last time I did that. That felt glorious, let me tell you. Glorious. Uh. I just think it's so funny as you get older, you're like sleeping in. What is sleeping in? Like when I was in New York last weekend, my friend and I slept till 10. And we're like, what is this? I don't, I wake up between like six and seven usually. And so just Yo. be sleeping in for you. Sleeping in for me is probably, I think I can make it till nine. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, right, time, it's like number. is um, Sheridan up? For sure. Sheridan is such a morning person. Well, I'm not, but. Yeah, if if she's sleeping in, it's probably seven thirty or eight, maybe. Yeah. Are your boys sleeping? Like that's my like. Who was with the babies? That's like if if we were alone, like on a on a little getaway or something like that. No kids, okay. Yeah. Uh, but if it's a normal day, waking up, I think. Uh, oh, let's see, six. I, I guess it kind of depends on if we're in school or not. Um, six thirty, I think, is pretty pretty standard. Yeah, 
Sounds all right. I tell you, man, there was one day where like we woke up eight ish, went outside, walked along the, the beach. My wife decided she wanted to take a dip in the pool. She took a dip in the pool. I went back upstairs and I just went right back to sleep. And I was like, this is the best day ever. You know, what I mean? like, we woke up, walked around and then went right back to sleep. And just, you know, the small joys of life whenever you get older. You know, this is this is 30, 30 plus guys. This is 30 plus. I feel it. Well, we it was like rainy and gross here on the third, and we had off. Mm. They gave us off on the third, so we had a four day weekend. And I was like, I'm gonna go to the pool. I'm gonna go to the lake. I'm gonna do all the things. And then it was thunderstorming. Couldn't do anything on the third, so I literally laid and did nothing. And I was yeah. like, I feel so lazy. Like I am not doing anything. And I almost felt guilty. But you, like you're yeah. saying, when you're on vacation and you have no agenda, it's like I don't feel bad because. Yeah. I have no responsibilities. Whereas being at home, I'm like, I feel like I should be taking my dog on a walk. I should be doing something, whatever. Yeah. It's different when you're not at home. Yeah. Yeah. That proximity makes a difference. Like just whenever you're not there, that's just, you know, yeah, the hotel room was a mess most of the time. Like just stuff everywhere. (laughs) Housekeeping took care of it. But you know what? We're like, yo, YOLO. You know, that's what we're doing. Well, guys, it is July. It is, I can't believe we're already. In July, we have like a little over a month until I guess maybe like a month and a half until school is back in session, which means we're almost at football season. But with July comes the start of the new Big 12, the official start of the new Big 12. UFC, UCF, Houston, BYU and Cincinnati have officially joined the conference. We'll have 14 teams this season going down to 12 in 2024 when OU and Texas finally leave. I feel like we've been talking about them leaving forever. They can just right. go. Away. But welcome to the four new teams. Like, welcome to the Big 12, guys. So welcome excited to have you. 12, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good to have them. I, I remember whenever TCU and, yes, who, who did TCU? West Virginia. Join? Yeah, West TCU Virginia. Virginia joined the Conference of Saints. Like, I remember uh, being a junior, senior during that time and – uh, just thinking it was so cool that we get to welcome them into the conference. You know, I was uh, serving uh, within a couple of different committees uh, for the NCAA at the time. So we got to get on a call with them. Uh, so like the OSU reps welcomed the TCU and the West Virginia reps. Uh, I remember uh, Oliver, Oliver Luck was the athletic director at uh, West Virginia, Andrew Luck's father. And he was very just um, – warm i think is the right word to use it like he was very warm he was like hey you ever need anything come and talk to me i got you um so you know got to learn a lot from him in, in a short period of time too but uh hopefully these new schools are able to bring some of that too to the big 12 conference how about tcu coming over to the big 12 from the mountain west and then a decade later making it to the national championship That's wow crazy. yeah as a part of the big 12 conference pretty crazy anything is possible <laughs> i was just i mean it it's so weird because 10 years is a long time, but it's also not a long time. Like kind yeah. of when you, depending on how you, how you think about things I'm like, wow, TCU's only been in the big 12 for 10 years, but I can't imagine them not being in the big 12. Yeah. 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 Yo, they sucked for a while, bro. Like whenever they joined the conference, you, you remember Trayvon Boykin, the quarterback that they yes. had? Yeah. No. So I remember watching Trayvon Boykin play in Boone Pickens stadium. And thinking to myself, ain't no way this guy should be on this field like whatsoever. Like this guy wasn't any good. Like, you know, we blew them out. It wasn't even close. And I remember the following year, whenever we played them at TCU, it was the biggest transformation that I'd ever seen by any athlete. Like how good he got in that you know season to season. I couldn't believe it. Like my mind was blown. 
And he, I think he was a Heisman finalist that year too, and probably would have had a great pro career if he didn't, you know, get into some some off the field oh. trouble. But man, that guy there was just one of the biggest transformations that I have ever seen season to season. Because seeing him in Stillwater, boy, we made him look like a chump. <laughs> well, he came after Andy Dalton, right? Didn't he follow? That sounds, right that sounds right. Yeah. Didn't he follow Andy Dalton? So like Andy Dalton leads this little Mountain West school to the Rose Bowl, and then you have. Him, you know, it's like standards up here, and then you yeah. go to work in the next year. But, but Eve, to your point, man, these teams come into Boone Pickens Stadium, it's a different beast. Like, we made RG3, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, made him look like a chump, too. So, Back. we got that, we got that home field advantage. And uh, I think, uh, UCF and BYU this year get to figure that out. Or, no, right. that's not right. Yeah this year BYU for Cincinnati sure. Cincinnati for homecoming as a matter of fact so uh and then BYU and then next year UCF and Houston look at to figure out what what it's like I'm telling you man people ain't ready for boom picking stadium like the way that the fans sit right on top of you whenever you're on the sideline I mean it, it's straight passion I'll never forget I think I may have said this before but in my senior year yeah, it was 2012 season the 2012 season um we played Texas at home uh J.W. Walsh came this close to scoring the game-winning touchdown. But I just remember that game, if I remember correctly, was like the 14th. It was either 14th or 24th loudest game in college football history. Like, we legitimately showed up on the record scale. Uh, I remember reading about that afterwards. And I remember being down on the field and just feeling the hairs, like, on my arms standing up. I was like, yo, yeah. louder than a mug in here. But, man, you, there's no place like T. Boom Pickens Stadium or Boom Pickens Stadium. Yeah. Quite the place to be. Well, we're excited to welcome all the new four teams over the next two years into our lovely home. Hopefully, I mean, who knows who's going to be? We might not even play in in twenty in twenty twenty four. Do we play everybody? Like, what's the schedule situation? No clue. Yeah. You know, we'll see how more of this conference realignment shakes out. Right. We might add more teams and knows, throws yeah. off the balance a little bit more. But which, by the way, did you see that UCF? Um, against Oklahoma State at UCF is sold out. Saw that. Yeah, yeah. So they sold that one so out. Is that like a bunch of Oklahoma State fans buying up some tickets? Or that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah. yo, y'all don't even realize it's about to be straight up orange and black in in that stadium. So yeah, I hope that's the case. <laughs> I hope that's the case. Travel well. We've got great fans. Well, Justin, you mentioned potentially more conference realignment. One of the things that I mean, your mark is very excited to welcome these new teams into the conference. And he said that going forward, he would love to try and remain with 14 teams in the Big 12, but he is not chasing numbers. He wants schools that fit the guiding principles and the values of the conference. We've talked a lot in past episodes about the rumors of maybe Arizona joining, maybe Colorado joining, maybe UConn, Gonzaga, all these different schools joining. If you guys could pick any two schools to join the Big 12, I don't care if it's realistic or not. If you could pick any two schools to join, who would you pick and why? Man, this is tough because I kind of I loved the way the old Big 12 was. Me so too. I really miss teams like Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, and A&M. Yes. And I would love to have – if I could – I guess if I could pick two out of those four – I'd have to pick Nebraska for the fact of them just being a blue blood in college football. Uh, recently, they haven't been great, but they have a good coach now, so I think they might bounce back. I don't think they're and ever going to be again. 
Well, we can discuss that another time. We shall see. <laughs> um, Colorado would be cool. I've always kind of had a, a soft spot in my heart for that black and gold. Awesome helmet Leon logo. Lee? Do you care? Still, if still, had- yeah. Just, uh, you know, back in the day, I don't know what it was. A lot of history. Uh, yeah, they've got some history. Um, Arkansas would be kind of cool proximity wise. They're close to Oklahoma State. There could be a rivalry there. Um, a little bit worried about their stadium size. <laughs> uh, they would dwarf everything else in the Big 12, I think. Um, but how big yeah, is, that'd be cool. I, if, I, I, if I had to pick, if I had to pick two, I guess I would say probably Colorado and Nebraska just for the nostalgia factor. Interesting. Man, I think a lot, there's been a lot of talk about who could possibly join the Big 12 conference. You know, people say that we should just go and raid the Pac-12 since they don't think that it's going to be a Power 5 conference in in the future. Uh, you know, Oregon has been thrown out there. The Arizona schools have been thrown out there. Washington has been thrown out there. I think that people are thinking too small, okay? There is one conference out of the Power 5 conferences that has the worst TV deal out of all of us, right? So we're talking about the ACC, Right. The ACC, the Big 12 conference teams, on average, the schools are going to make almost 30 million dollars more than the ACC schools. So in my head, I'm like, why don't we just go up in there and take some of these power schools from the ACC, bring them on over to the Big 12 conference? I'm talking Clemson and Florida State. Yes. Just go in there, bring Clemson and Florida State over. Maybe it'll make it easier for travel for a UCF, for a Cincinnati. But, man, you know, you're adding more. Uh, repertoire, right? You're adding more uh, pedigree to the conference. And if one of the conferences is going to diminish anyway, let's make sure that it's not us, right? If it's going to be a power four or a power three, let's make sure that the Big 12 conference stays in it, right? I see the Pac-12 and the ACC being the two that kind of diminish. So I'm like, yo, go and get Clemson and Florida State, bring them on over. It might cost, I believe, $120 million as part of the buyout. But $120 million, they'll make that back in th- three or four years, as opposed to having to wait till 2036 to renegotiate a new TV rights deal because mm-hmm. they're locked in a deal for 13 more years. So I thought about this. And I'm just like, yeah, why, why are we spending time talking about Gonzaga, UConn, and all these other schools when we can go get Clemson? That's what I'm talking year. about, Eve. And Meg, before you jump in, I know like we're talking about basketball and being the elite basketball conference, bringing in Gonzaga, bringing in UConn, maybe Arizona. That doesn't move the needle for me. Like you're talking about Clemson, Florida State, like that would secure the Big 12 conference as a legitimate power conference. I totally agree with that. That'd be awesome. What about Notre Dame, though? You're going to bring in your old school? Well, Notre Dame loves going to coast to coast. Like they're never going to give up playing Clemson and USD. They're never going to give up going all the way out east with their agreement. But we're talking high. So, I mean, bring the gold dome. Yeah, what, what, what can you do, man? Notre Dame kind of operates by their own rules. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I like it that way. It has to stay that way. What do you got, Meg? So first of all, Eve, uh, Razorback Stadium has a capacity of approximately seventy six thousand. Okay, oh, that's so not, that's not, yeah, that's not too bad. Why was I think it was like ninety two thousand? I thought it was a lot bigger too. But when you when you drive up to campus, I feel like it just kind of smacks you in the face. Like it is. Okay. That stadium, in my opinion, when I went to Arkansas a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, crap, that stadium is large. And I feel like, I mean, Boone Pickens is a beautiful stadium. I'm not knocking it at all, but it doesn't, you kind of have, like, driving onto Arkansas's campus, it's just bam, whereas you kind of have to, like, weave your way into Oklahoma State. You know, it's not the first thing you see just based on where it's situated. On yeah, yeah. You have to drive through part of Stillwater first. 
And depending on what's, you know, if you're coming down 51, you're not going to see it. You have to be on. Like, yeah. Unless you're flying in a private jet right. or a helicopter. Right. Not the but, first thing. Yeah. I thought y'all were talking like the shoe, the big house, happy Valley. Like those are all a hundred thousand plus. I thought maybe it was, it was something like that, but yeah, 77 or 70,000 is not too bad. Not terrible. I, I, but again, it just kind of like, woo, it's right. It feels bigger than it is. Yeah. Things in the SEC just feel bigger. They're Greek houses at this things. Uh, but Justin, you took two of my teams on my list. I had Nebraska and yeah. I had Arkansas because Arkansas's proximity. And I'm not, I was thinking of more of recruiting proximity where people would actually want to, not wherever they want to go, but what would be a convenient trip to make. So I did have Nebraska on that list because they are blue blood, blue blood. I also, um, two other teams I was considering were Iowa Again, yep. kind of close. I like Iowa. You bring, you you know, Iowa, Iowa State have a huge rivalry out of conference. You bring that in conference, and I think it just raises the stakes a little bit more. They've Agreed. been good in years past. They kind of had it off the season this year, but sort of started trending upward towards the end. Kirk Ferentz is one of the great coaches of college football. I'd love to add him to the conference. He's the longest tenured coach currently in all of FBS. Um, so I think to have that there. Plus, going to – who would not want to go to Iowa and see the Iowa wave? Come on. It'd be pretty cool. Like that's just, that's a college football thing I would love to experience. That's one of those traditions. And then I also, this is going to be random, but I was thinking again, kind of geographically, Minnesota. Let's do Minnesota. Interesting. Interesting. Now, and that's strictly, that is strictly based on, I am a huge PJ Fleck fan and geography. It's only a- But if he left, then it would be kind of awkward. If he left, then it's like, bye. I don't really care. But, you know, they were they were kind of like that one wild card where it's like, you know oh, what? No. They're kind of on the fringe, but I feel like P.J. Fleck can also make waves. You know, he did – he led uh, Western Michigan to the Cotton Bowl. Michigan or Minnesota is kind of trending upward since he arrived in 2017, I think it was. Yeah. You know, they're not like this laughingstock team. They had a massive upset against Penn State in 2019 i think it was so i think you know it, that's pj fleck pending but if i had to pick two teams i'm gonna say probably nebraska and iowa is who i would so that's I think a lot of uh wrestling fans would be happy with that selection too mm-hmm. nebraska have pretty good programs but iowa man iowa football i think that they actually might turn it around on offense this year but i feel like for the last yeah. decade they've been so boring to watch the craziest thing in the world is the fact that iowa had so many draft picks this past season. Right. Okay. draft. I was like, where the heck are they getting all these guys? Oh, by the way, fun stat, completely random stat. The Iowa State defense had more white starters than the than every single school in the SEC combined on defense. Like, yeah, actual fact. Like, you can look that up. Just completely random. I, I heard somebody say that and I actually went and looked it up. I was like, oh wow, yeah, that's that's true. Wow. So yeah. Super random. Them, them, them corn-fed white boys out there getting it done. Boy. Also, I was picking teams based on who I think Oklahoma State would be able to beat on a consistent basis. There you go. So that Smart. was that was also a factor in my because I again we've had this conversation about realignment. Like I don't know if we could compete against Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama, Georgia, all these other you know powerhouse schools that are constantly in the college football playoff conversation but i mean i was had some up years recently and arkansas with sam Pittman, you know they were like they're they're not they were really good in the early 
aughts in like 2010. And then they lost to, I think, a Louisiana Lafayette in 2012, a massive upset, like week two or three. And then they like just were terrible for a while. And now they're kind of back getting better again. But I think that they're one of those teams where it's like, okay, they're a little inconsistent, kind of ebbs and flows. And I think that we could hang, hang with them. With, uh, Arkansas. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to think that way simply because things change so fast, regime to regime, year to year. Mm-hmm. I think especially when you look at a Florida State who was so good for so long, Bobby Bowden, Fisher comes in and he's still balling, and then they just fall off the map and they suck. <laughs> you know, like Florida State was bad. I think there was one year where they went one and eleven. So, you know, you have things like that. And you're just like, you know, it's hard to predict. But the brand power, like the power of that alone, I think, is something good to bring on to the Big 12 Conference. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at a, a team like um, like Clemson as well. So, like Clemson, you know, powerhouse for a long time. As of late, you kind of are starting to see more of a downward slope. I think that Oklahoma State would be competitive with them. And I just want to have a microphone in the middle of the field whenever Dabo Sweeney and Mike Gundy shake hands and have yeah. a conversation. That would be fun. I think they they might be on the upward trajectory, in my opinion, by getting Garrett Riley as their offensive coordinator. But the ACC is going to have some fun football this year. I mean, really all across college football. Like looking at it from the offseason, and I'm just like, man, this is going to be a fun upcoming season. What are we, 50 some days? Hopefully. Hopefully. uh, but Meg, I think we were talking about with uh, Arkansas. I think it's kind of hard to judge how good they are because their schedule is so difficult. Like I just don't know. Like they they play against the hardest teams. It seems like in the SEC, and then I don't know. Based on the bowl game, can you really judge? It's like okay, last year they played against Kansas, and that was a crazy game. Um, but I don't know like how banged up they were from the year or any of that. So it'd be interesting to see how they fare in the, in the big 12 conference. But uh, I think they like that sec patch. Can't blame them. Yeah. Can't blame them at all. And again, this was a purely hypothetical question. If you could have anybody, this is, there is no, yeah. if you're just joining us, there is absolutely no basis or merit to anything we're saying. This is strictly if we could pick any two teams to join the big 12, which leads me to my next and arguably more important question we saw it with the Pac-8 to the Pac-10 to the Pac-12. If we were to stay at a 14-team conference consistently, if we were able to get two for 2024, should we consider changing our name from the Big 12 to the Big 14? I don't know. It kind of sounds weird. I don't like it. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really flow as well. Uh, every time. Yeah. Big 8 sounds cool. Uh, yeah. Big 12 sounds cool. Big 10 sounds good, obviously. But Big 14, like <laughs> well, even yeah. like – Big 16, that sounds weird too. I don't know. Go from one syllable to two syllables. So it's like big yeah. 12 is well, like the big, but the, the number is only one syllable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the branding would, would, would need to take a lot of work. In fact, if there's one person that I trust with branding, as I've said before, it's Brett Yormark, the rock, the rock boy is in the building. So if he can, if he can figure it out, I trust him. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll see what happens though. Because how many teams are in the big 10 right now? 16. Yeah, there's a lot. That's where it gets complicated, too. Do do they change to the big 16? I don't know. Probably not, because I don't think that uh, 16 teams are legitimate in that conference. You can make an argument for 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you might be able to make a better argument for, like, seven. Yeah. Maybe four. (laughs) (laughs) For real. 
well. Speaking well, of I- Brett Yormark, do you think that he brought BYU into the conference because that's his initials? BY. Well, where's the U? Yeah. I mean, just like Brett Yormark, Yormark University. Yormark. Brigham Young. If he did, brilliant. More power to him. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be the BYU conference. No. <laughs> I love it. I'll ask him next week. I'll be like, sir. Um, There's your question. Question. Yes, media day question. BYU in the conference? I'll report back. You thought you could sneak him in, but we caught you. We're we're on to you, Mr. Yormark. Question of the day right there. That's going to be the one. Yeah. Could you imagine if I asked that? They'd be like, are you? Yeah, they would snatch that credential off your neck. It was (laughs) you right out. Yeah. That would... would not be good, but you know, hey, maybe- get, me, get me a pass and I'll ask it though. Right? All right, well, yeah. I'll put in a request for you, Eve. Don't worry, I got your you. mark. We know that is your guy. So let me just ask you, Brett. <laughs> just lead up. <laughs> God, that would be oh, be something. Well, this week was the fourth of July, and nothing is more patriotic than presidents. And guess where presidents are on Mount Rushmore. Uh, nice. Oklahoma State Athletics tweeted earlier this week in honor of the fourth, what Olympians would you put, what OSU Olympians would you put on Mount Rushmore? And back in March, Pistol Rick posed a question on Twitter, who is on your OK State Athletics Mount Rushmore? We're going to get more specific. And in honor of 4th of July this week and presidents and America, we're going to do Oklahoma State football Mount Rushmore. We're going to narrow this down. I feel like there'd be more of a debate possibly if we went all sports. Um, I think obviously there's a lot more to consider, but we're just, you know, we talk a lot about football. We're going to keep this simple because we don't have three hours to discuss this. Um, And the one thing I think we'd all agree that Barry Sanders, no brainer is on there. So he is off the table. We know he's on everyone's Mount Rushmore. So get original and pick other people. (laughs) Nice. So who you got? Barry, I feel like Barry's like, it wouldn't be just his head on Mount Rushmore. It'd be his whole body doing the Heisman pose above everybody else's heads. Like that's how iconic he is. Yeah. Uh, So if we can go, you're you're saying don't pick Barry Sanders, but pick four others. Yes. Because like Barry is a given, of course he is a given. So we're going to just not even put him in the conversation because duh, but we'll let you pick four other people because that is what Mount Rushmore is for. All right. So just based on uh, all the contribution to Oklahoma State football, everybody knows I'm a huge fan. Mike Gundy, you're going to go on my Mount Rushmore. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Um, Bob Finnamore, Blonde Bomber, just got to put him in there, national champion, and... Uh, Number one overall draft pick of the league. So got to have him in there. Uh, Thurman Thomas, for sure. And then I think I'd have to go hmm, – it'd be between, I guess, Justin Blackman. I have a little recency bias, but I could definitely see uh, – I could see it being Terry Miller. But I'll, I'll go with Blackman. 
but I definitely have to have Thurman in there because uh, if you're going to have Barry and Thurman, it is Mount Rushmore. Not Rushmore so. I see what you did there. We ain't yeah, rushing man. less, baby. It's Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. which right. would be crazy. I mean, like that 88 team. I mean, you're just right there, like right. Mount Rushmore. So. Yeah, no, for real. Gundy, Fittermore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, man, I think Boone Pickens goes on Mount Rushmore. Right off. Even if he, if he wasn't a player, his contributions to Oklahoma State, as well as the football program specifically, are second to none. So you got mm-hmm. Boone Pickens on Mount Rushmore. Number two, Des Bryant. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm going with Des. Yo, I told y'all in the last episode or two episodes ago, like my heart for Des. Yeah, I just I just love Des. All things Des Bryant. Des did so much for the brand of Oklahoma State, exploding, putting us on the scene. Des Bryant is it. Uh, Mike Gundy, of course. I mean, how could you not? Winningest coach in program history. He was the winningest, or he had the most passing yards of any big eight quarterback whenever he retired. Mike Gundy, um, it means a whole lot to the program. And lastly, um, obviously, Justin Southwell. That's 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 my best friend. <laughs> that's my best friend. Justin Southwell is going on Mount Rushmore of OK State. All right. I'll take it. Everybody's going there visiting. Nice, nice, nice. Who? Who? <laughs> hey, if they don't know, they better, they better ask somebody. Uh, all right. Well, mine's going to be a little hot takey-ish, maybe. We'll mm. see. Um, so, Eve, you stole mine. Boom Pickens. I mean, his his name's on that stadium for a reason. You don't have that stadium or those facilities without Boone. So I think yeah. that he absolutely has to be on Mount Rushmore. Also, we'd have to fund this and who would fund it? Probably Boone. So, yeah. you know, therefore, it needs to be on it. Thurman Thomas, OSU's all-time leading rusher, three-time All-American. His resume speaks for himself. He was the first ever inductee into Oklahoma State's Ring of Honor. So got to put Thurman up there. I also had Justin Blackman. Talked about him a couple weeks ago. All of his records, two-time Bolitnikoff Award winner, Michael Crabtree, the only other two-time winner, two-time first team All-American on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. I was kind of going back and forth between him and Dez, but I just think that Blackman's stats and his accolades kind of put him over the edge, you know? And I'm like, I can't put two receivers. And here is who I think is going to be, not controversial, but hot takey. I felt like we were giving so much love to offensive players. And I was like, no, no, defense wins championships. All right. Leslie O'Neill, one of the most disruptive pass rushers in Oklahoma State history. He had 259 solo tackles, 132 and a half sacks, 11 forced fumbles, and three interceptions. He's considered one of the best players, not named Barry Sanders or Thurman Thomas, two time All American, big eight player of the year. Inducted how into many sacks? sacks. Yeah, how many sacks did you just say? Is that I just say? Um, a hundred thirty-two and a half. A hundred and thirty-two and a half sacks. Sacks. Like was that his pro career? That was. That's what I read on the internet. Now you're making yeah, me mean, second guess what I wrote down. That seems high, that, but it's I mean, pretty insane. 
So Leslie O'Neill, more power to you, my guy. College stats. Did I read his pro stats? Maybe. It's possible. I don't know. Pins and fumbles. I mean, either way, 132, even as a pro, that's freaking impressive. That's, uh, no. And he used to go on the inside, too, I believe. Like, he was outside inside. Almost like the first Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald was. was That might have been his um, NFL career. career. Yeah, maybe. It just career. career. So I could have been wrong. He had 16 sacks in 1984. Um, so I'm reading. Okay, now we're. Um, I was. Yes, yeah, sorry. I was reading his NFL stats. That is my mistake. I went to the wrong thing on ESPN. So let me backtrack, though. He set a school record by registering 16 sacks in 84 1984 and he is osu's career leader with 34 sacks in his osu career so i was given an nfl number sorry i missed i went googled ok state stats and i pulled up a page and didn't notice that it was nfl so that is my mistake however 16 sacks in a season is still a lot of freaking sacks so it still hasn't been beat i believe the one that got the closest was emmanuel ogba if i'm not mistaken um but yeah that's a record that still stands to this day man yeah, Leslie on I like that. I like you showing some love to the defenders, man. That is yeah. I yeah, mean so I uh, I'm just like doing I could see an argument for Malcolm Rodriguez, you know. Uh but it's tough to it's tough to top Leslie. It's gonna be tough. I I thought about Malcolm Rodriguez because I feel like he is he embodies what it means to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy. I think that people love him here and that he is a phenomenal player, a leader on that defense. Uh, but I felt like he was too recent. I mean, I know that that Blackman is, you know, within the last 10 years or so, but I felt like was yeah. I being short-sighted by looking at um short-sighted by looking at Malcolm Rodriguez because I got to watch him play and I didn't get to watch Lesionia, but Lesionia was also, you know, one of the seven inductees from Oklahoma State in the College Football Hall of Fame. So I'm like, you know, obviously on my list, the honorable mention, I did have Mike Gundy, Fenimore, Terry Miller. You know, honestly, I put Rashawn Woods also on my I mean, he's in the at OSU and he had that catch in bedlam. Now, if we wanted to do another discussion on uh, like plays, you know, like who moments you know, or plays yeah if you're you know if you're specific on like moments that kind of game changers um that Rashawn Woods would be at the top of the list for his touchdown in that bedlam game in the early 2000s but, shelf. yeah yeah Colton shelf scoring the 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 touchdown that set us up for the fiesta bowl win yeah um, down yeah, down that, that yeah oh yeah you could you could do like a Mount Rushmore of OSU football receivers, though. I mean, it's like they're yeah. that good. But James Washington you, in there. You can only take four. Technically mm-hmm. five for this discussion because we all had Barry. But man, a lot of a lot of great Oklahoma State players. It's good stuff. Yeah. Is Leslie around? Does he come around often? I, I, Leslie O'Neill, I should say. Does he come around often? I haven't. I've, I've never met him. I've never seen him around campus. I don't know if he has a relationship with the, the athletic department. I just don't know. Like he's not. I'm not. Around. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty confident that they're going to be honoring him pretty soon. Like, yeah, we'd love to see him there. I mean, you remember whenever Thurman Thomas uh, went into? He the should ring be of like honor. the next person. Yeah, he should be like on deck for the, the Ring of Honor recognition, and yeah. I think he would be there. I hope yeah. so. Well, you remember 
to say, you remember whenever Thurman Thomas got on there, he said, you know, that was the first time in a long time that he actually heard from anybody at OSU Athletics yeah. and, you know, they want to do this thing for him. And I'm just like, yo, what are we doing? You know, some of the, some of the goats, like they, they need to have more, you know, a better relationship with the universities. That's a story for another day. We talked about that with Vincent Taylor. I've talked about that in the past, but, you know, go ahead and bring Eve on board. We'll get it right. I hate you. Well, with O'Neal, uh, he is the Chargers, the Chargers, franchise, Chargers franchise all-time sack leader with 105 and a half, although he missed nearly two seasons due to injury. So even if, you know, he's pretty good at the football. Pretty good at the Leslie football. Leslie O'Neal does not get enough recognition for how great of a football player he was. I'm so and glad that, that you brought him up. He's on my Mount Rushmore. So again, sorry for the stat. Stone. But you know, he's still really freaking good at football. So yeah, he'd probably be my honorable mention right after Justin Southwell if, if I had to reconsider. Take Justin off and put him on. And like yeah, it's just it's so hard though, because I feel like offensive players always get all the love because they're scoring the touchdowns and then nah, nah, nah. but I'm like, I feel like you need to have a defensive player on there. I say all the time, like one of the best, the most fun season that I've ever had to watch in college football was 2011 watching Tyron Matthew just ball out. Like, I thought he should have won the Heisman that year. Like I love watching defensive, especially DBs. I love watching DBs ball out. From an Oklahoma State standpoint, I loved watching the Swiss Army knife Trey Sterling. And Trey Sterling just go off. He, he could line him up anywhere. He was close to the line. He was way in the backfield. Like, I love the Swiss Army knife type of defenders, and uh, I hope that Oklahoma State can actually use more of them. Could have been Jim Knowles if he would have stayed around. Like, he could have been on Rushmore. But, hey, maybe it'll be Nardo. Nardo! Let's go. Here we go. Nardo. Let's go. Because you have a a chance to be great across generations of football. Like, as a player, you get, like, you know, your one, two, three, four-year impact as a coach. Like we're seeing with Mike Gunny, that's the reason that he's on Mount Rushmore. His playing career wouldn't be enough to be on Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma State. But uh, that coaching legend, absolutely. I need a Big 12 championship for him to go on mine. That's a good argument. That's a good argument. I think he one of the winningest coaches in the game. I understand it. But, I mean, you hear people make the case all the time about players in – the NFL where it's like, well, he doesn't have a Super Bowl, so should he be in? Or, you know, there are players who do have Super Bowls and they are in, they're probably going to end up in Canton because, and they have those Super Bowl wins to push them over the edge. And I'm like, are they really that good at football or did they have one good game and they're a Super Bowl champ? Or did they have yeah. one okay game? And the, the only argument that could like dissuade that is like Thurman Thomas, for example, like, I don't, I guess he didn't win. A conference championship or national championship or anything like that, but it's like he also hasn't coached in Thomas. years. True. I mean, maybe he should. <laughs> you know who probably should get more recognition from a coaching standpoint is Les Miles. Like those two years that he was here, his uh, am I thinking? Yeah, four. Yeah, he was here four years, one bedlam years. twice. One bedlam right. twice, back to back seasons, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was able to do a lot from just like a you know shifting some of the mindset uh, whenever right. he came in before he left um, to go to the SEC. His offensive coordinator was Mike Gundy. That's right. Yeah, and before that was Jimmy uh, Johnson. 
Yeah, so you know, you talk about Jimmy Johnson being a, you know, a pretty dang good coach before he left and went to Miami, right? So, uh, but yeah, I think Les Miles, from a coaching standpoint, I mean, in those four years, he left a pretty nice little footprint. No doubt. Wow. I mean, it's never going to happen. It would be kind of cool if it happened. And I think, I think that you know, it's only a matter of time before Gundy has a statue outside of. Boom Pickens Stadium, you know, how, oh, how long yeah. after he retires will that appear? So he will get his he will get his recognition. And I do oh, I hope. I hope this statue has a mullet. Nah, it won't. This statue will not have a mullet. There's no you way. don't know. Maybe it will. I think it'll have a visor though. Well, it's got yeah, it's gotta have a visor. Yeah, just don't put please don't put a hoodie tucked inside of your khakis. That's like I was gonna say that that is going to happen. Sure. Please don't. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, we shall see. But we're talking about greatness, talking about winners. Shout out to Ricky Fowler for getting his first PGA Tour victory. 2019 sank an 11-foot, 10-inch birdie on the first playoff hole to take the Rocket Mortgage Classic win. His sixth win on the PGA Tour, but first since getting married and the birth of his daughter. So congrats, Ricky. We're also Lil Wayne tweeted him. Like congratulating him about wearing orange, and now he's like big fan. That's pretty cool. Big time, Lil Wayne. Uh, Lil Wayne, come to Oklahoma State, baby. We got a booth for you. We got a suite for you. Come, uh, just come check out a game. <laughs> Isn't he Pretty like tight. a big LSU guy? I mean, look, just just come know. over. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be right. He's <laughs> New care. Orleans, but at the same time, he's a big Packers fan, so he's just kind of all over the place. <clears throat> Maybe he secretly likes Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard the story about why he became a Packers fan. It was whenever the, the Packers were playing in the Super Bowl, it was in New Orleans. And then his dad or his mom like came back with a whole bunch of Packers gear to give to them. I know this isn't the Believe in Lil Wayne podcast, but it's just <laughs> to, clear, to clear that up. Love Wheezy. And before we so, go, quick little update. Next week are the Big 12 Media Days. It's Big 12 Media Days. And I'll be heading down to Arlington on Wednesday to spend some time in Oklahoma State and cover their time down there. Talk to some of the players. Maybe get a quick interview with Brett Yormark, Eve. I don't know. I'll keep posted. I have my question. Is this why we added BYU to the conference? Because of your initials. So it's locked in here. I will put it in my notes. So, yes. But because Big 12 Media Days are on Wednesday and Thursday of next week, our next episode will be coming out on Friday, July 14th. So no Thursday episode next week coming out on Friday, one day late, but it's because it's a we're special going to day. a full Big 12 media day recap. So, That's yeah. right. I'll be celebrating my birthday with the premiere of an episode. That is what I'm talking about. Is there hey, a by the way, if, um, gosh, what, what questions should Meg ask at Big 12 media days? If y'all can just drop that in the YouTube comments. Like, I, I want to see if there's anything creative in there. You know, let, let, let's get some creative questions going for that. Yeah. And the players from Oklahoma State who are going are uh, Brennan Presley, Colin Oliver, Corey Black, and Preston Wilson. Okay. Yes. So uh, keep that in mind with your questions for those players. Um, And obviously, Coach Gundy will be there as well. But those are the four guys who I'll be definitely able to talk to. And we'll see if I can get any time with Gundy and or Brett Yormark. But if not, you'll hear from your guys. So... Let me know what you want to know, and I will try my best to ask it, but also keep it appropriate. Yeah, whatever that means. Family content, (laughs) (laughs) family friendly. And with that, we thank you all for listening to the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. 
like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, rate, review, all the things. Once again, I'm Megan Robinson, joined by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Thank you all for listening, and go Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.